What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and the weekend is here, so it's time to talk about the news, making it worthy, making it worthwhile, talking about all your favorite stuff from the last week of professional wrestling news and rumors and roundups and all the things. Jeremy Lambert's here, and he's staring awkwardly at y'all, so I will join you. Look in my yeah. eyes, Joel Pearl. What do you see? That actually hurts my eyes. A guy not going back to WWE? I don't know. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> it's a good rhyme. It's like you're a musician or something. <laughs> Some would say. How are we doing, Jeremy? How was how was your week? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm the the best I've been in about two weeks after getting over COVID. So I'm feel I'm feeling okay. I actually just like strained my eyes doing that. That was probably a bad idea, but I'm feeling good, Joel Pearl. It's uh it's Saturday morning, according to this podcast. Yes, the World Cup is on. USA is dominating Netherlands right now. They've already victorized. If you're watching this later on in the afternoon, I don't know if that's a word, but USA moving on to face Argentina. USA, USA, World Cup, World Cup. That's Canada doing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mexico, Mexico North is out. Oh, that's a shame. (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh, mexico's this, also out oh well then i guess all the mexicans are just out of this tournament <laughs> anyway y'all know how this works we picked five news stories from the week that jeremy wrote we're going to talk about them break them down tell you why they're relevant tell you maybe why you should have paid attention to them throughout the week when they flew by your news feed or maybe they stuck around so let's get right into it it was th- this actually was a, a very interesting week i think there's a lot of really uh really cool stuff and some um some stuff that that came out that was unexpected jeremy do you have anything to add before we hop into number five no because i don't know what you're talking about this is just a normal work week for me joel pearl i thought there was something to talk about just about every day so let's start with number five stokely hathaway opens up about his mental health struggles and leaving wwe stokely appeared on renee paquette's the sessions this week uh a very interesting interview because not only did he have a lot to say about uh, his, his personal struggles with mental health and things that happened after he left WWE, but also dropped a little tidbit about CM Punk that a lot of people uh, didn't expect to hear. So tell me why Stokely and this article uh, spoke to you and why you wanted to highlight it today. So this was, this was a great interview with, with Stokely and, and Renee. And Stokely doesn't do like a ton of interviews. This is his first like big interview, I believe, since joining AEW. He did like the, the comedy show where he talked about uh, leaving WWE and everything, but this was his first like real big interview and everything. And yeah, the CM Punk thing, 
is what everybody you know talked about got all the headlines cm punk wanting to work with the firm everything like that him saying cm punk's no longer with the company which people kind of ran with and i'm just thinking like it's just stokely just being like he's not really there that's kind of how i view it like i don't think stokely has any insight if he's there or not there or anything like that could be completely wrong um and people might accuse me of knowing more than i know after i tell a little story here after the end of this um but I really like the mental health portion of this because I am big on mental health. I appreciate anybody who opens up about their mental health and what they go through. And him saying, like, I woke up one day and just checked myself in and committed myself to, to a place in Florida. And then him saying, like, it wasn't very helpful because it was almost like prison. And, you know, they tried like music therapy and they asked one guy what his song was. And he's like, I get pussy by uh genuine or Mar- whoever it was. Like he, he didn't find it helpful. And I thought that was sad in and of itself of that. Hey, like, you know, you're supposed to go to these places for help. And he thought this was the best decision for him. He thought this is what he needed to get help. And it wasn't helpful. I thought that was very unfortunate that he had to go through that because he thought he was doing the right thing. And I think if, if you're in that position, it is the the right thing to do. But it's just sad that he didn't get anything beneficial out of it. He, he fortunately, he said he talked to his close friends and everything. And no one knew about this. Like we knew that he, in February, seemingly turned down a contract offer. And Sean first reported that. He confirmed that uh, in his little stand-up session. And then he got released in, in April and everything. So no, But no one knew like what he was going through and stuff. But, but my overall point is I appreciate when wrestlers and athletes and really anyone are open and honest about their mental health and their struggles. Because a lot of times I think we view these people as just larger than life on a pedestal type people. And it's like, hey, they got real issues as well. And yeah, so I appreciate that Stokely was, was very honest about these things and, and told that story. Yeah. I, I remember hearing the part about music therapy, obviously, because I, I do work in music and I've had some friends who, uh, who are music therapists and I was, um, I was upset to hear that. I, I thought that there's obviously not every single mental health facility is perfect. And it just sucks to hear that someone's experience was not uh, what they expected or what they hoped to get. So, um, again, a really great interview on so many levels. Uh, it's worth checking out Stokely on the sessions. And, yeah, he, he he definitely opened up in a way that I don't think anyone really expected from him. So it was good. It was really good. Uh, do you have anything else to add about, uh, about the interview as a whole or anything that really stuck out to you otherwise? So um, a few things. But. Not so much the the interview stuff, uh, more just like mental health and everything. I think it's very important to to be honest about these things. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to talk, or you don't you don't have to go on a podcast and, and talk about all this stuff if you don't want to. You don't have to tweet about this stuff. I I know I kind of use Twitter as as an outlet when I'm having a shitty day. I will post about that and be like, hey, today just kind of sucked. Um, you know, if you if you have, you know, Stokely mentioned he has close friends that he talked to, and he found out just how close they were because like none of this stuff got out. No, nobody knew about this stuff until he decided to open about. I think it's very important to have close friends, have a tight knit circle, or just any. Maybe it's not one. Maybe it's not multiple people. It's just one person. I I mention uh, my wife all the time. How I feel, I can talk to her about anything, and if I'm struggling, I can always just hey sit down with her and just 
lay it all out for her. Um, I, I think it's important to have those people in your life. I, I, I say this all the time. If you are struggling or if you need someone to talk to, you want to vent, you just want to get away, escape from things, message me. My DMs are open. We can we can talk. We can bullshit. We can talk about other things, whatever whatever you want to do. I think it's important. And Stokely mentioned like, like praying and, and reading and things like that is how he has kind of dealt with uh, his mental health and depression and stuff. I think it's important to find an outlet like that, that you can just kind of tap into immediately if there's not someone to, to talk about. For me, like video games is a big thing. Like if I'm having a terrible day, I like to just play video i like to play fight night and punch people in the face in you know virtual reality because that that is helpful to me uh, a type of food a comfort food something like that i think that is very important so just it we're all dealing with stuff right like everybody's dealing with stuff i never find that my problems are bigger than yours or this person's problems is bigger than this person's problems like no problem is too small you might think it's a, a little thing and like oh i don't want to bother anybody with that no like Someone is willing to listen. Someone wants to quote unquote be bothered with that. So let them know if it's bugging you, if it's on your mind, talk to somebody about that. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say like I have this great relationship with, with Stokely Hathaway or anything, but we've exchanged DMs. He, he's always been very kind to me in the past. And just and a lot of it's just been like promote, like he sees an article that I've written and um, he, he has, you know, been like, Hey, can you like mention this? I was like, yeah, sure. Like I got no problem. He, he messaged me like when I would do different, different stuff of like, he, like he thought I, uh, the psychosis leg drop was, was very funny. There you go. I, I put that out there for everybody. I don't think I've ever mentioned that before. So Stokely and I've like exchanged DMS every now and again. And I messaged him after this. And I was just said like, thank you for, for sharing your story about this. Like Stokely is a guy that I, I, I admire, like I admire not only from just, him willing to to say these things i admire him from like a content perspective because i find him very funny i find him very creative and i find him very the way he thinks i really enjoy and so yeah he's someone that i just admire from like a content creation perspective so i i appreciated that he told the story and i just messaged him i said hey like thanks for sharing your story man like that was that was big and you know i i told him i admire him and he just said thank you so yes we've exchanged pleasantries and you know now people might think we're like close or whatever but that's not true at all i i think it's important for these stories to get out there and he's not the first person that like wrestler that i've messaged uh like thanking them for like sharing this story because i do think these are important stories to get out there and from my perspective i think it's important to like cover because i I want these stories out there because I think it does make these wrestlers a lot more relatable. And I think it shows like they're going through shit as well. And I I'm hard on myself because I hear some of these stories in interviews and I don't think I always do the best job of covering them. And I'm trying to be better at that. So I, I appreciate that Stokely would, you know, put, put all that out there for, for everyone to consume. So first of all, thank you for sharing a lot of that. It was uh I think it's really helpful that people understand that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to reach out when you need that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, for the sake of levity and because I want to pull it one thread, you mentioned comfort food. What is that comfort food for you that after a rough day or a rough spell helps you maybe pull out of a funk? Uh, milk and Oreos. So I have <laughs> milk and Oreos like every single night and it's not like, even if I have like the best day ever, like I'm still going to have milk and Oreos 
And it, but that is like a comfort of like, okay, I can just sit here on the couch or eat or in bed and I can just have my milk and Oreos and like the day is just over and tomorrow is a new. So like every single night I have milk and Oreos and like in my head, I basically just reflect on the day or I just wash the day away and like just think of nothing but just the great taste of my i i have i've really fallen in love with uh mint oreos because they're oh, kind of like good. uh yeah, thin mints that are really good dip them in the milk yeah. and everything was not a big oreo dipping in milk person i would just always eat them and then drink the milk and everything the the wife got me into like the dipping and everything uh but yeah milk and oreos is a, is a comfort for me so i have that every single night usually no no matter what uh because that that you know, it helps me just don't eat them in the bed, man. That's just not good. It's, it's nah, not, no, no. Sometimes you got to. Like, I don't. Nah, sometimes, like, man, we, we go to bed early after a long day or something. And I'm like, I got to have my milk and Oreos. I'm not just going to sit here on the couch. I will have them in bed. Like, that's just how I roll, Joel Pearl. All right. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm just not. I'm not a big <laughs> eater in bed unless I'm at a hotel. Because there's very few places to eat in a hotel. That's just me. Yeah. You wash the sheets, you know, you, you vacuum, you vacuum it up a little bit. Look, man, all these kids running around and stuff. They, the bed is all messed up anyway. A little crumb or two ain't going to hurt it. All right. A little crumb or two. Let's move on. Number four. Serotone explains why Roman Reigns didn't wear red at WWE Survivor Series. So for some, Sarath is known as McKay's or Mikazi or however you pronounce his name uh, when he was an independent wrestler. He is uh, a seamster for WWE. He creates a lot of gear. Uh, he may or may not be uh, involved with uh, a certain WWE superstar who may or may not be coming back to the company, but nobody knows. And we go back and forth and we vacillate about whether or not uh, they are heading back, but it's not important here who they're related to or who they're with. The whole conversation here is Sarath speaking to Sam Roberts, our favorites over at not Sam wrestling about the, the reasoning behind the bloodline wears red, but Roman does not. This was a really funny and interesting story. Go ahead and tell it uh, a Sarath on Sam Roberts. So I actually forgot like this interview was with Sam Roberts when I sent you this. I was like, oh, well, now that was right. I was like, shit, we're just putting Sam Roberts over every single week. Putting over Sam. Yeah. Fine. Eventually he'll uh, replace you on this show somehow. <laughs> That's right. <fair. laughs> um, so yeah, the, the interview, like he does the, he does the gear Sarat does for, for WWE. He's been doing it for a long time. And so he has like cool little backstage stories and everything about that and this particular one i think everyone noticed that roman reigns was not wearing the red pants that everyone that everyone else in the bloodline is wearing at survivor series and i think i mean this is what i thought anyway is it's because like he's the tribal chief he's like ahead of them and it's like all right if i want you to wear red you wear red but i'm gonna wear black to like stand out and show that i'm just on this higher level than everybody that's what i thought of why Roman was not wearing red. And that's like, they explained it like, Hey, that is one thing, but it was also just like, Roman didn't like the fabric that he was given for, for the red pants. And so he decided he was not going to wear red. And I just thought it was a, an, an interesting little tidbit of information there. And then the more they talked about it, like the, the storytelling stuff they do with the gear. I, I think a lot of people pick up on some of this stuff. Like when, 
Seth Rollins comes out with the dusty gear at hell in a cell, or he comes out with the RVD gear at extreme rules and stuff like we have a show here on five overbook strong style with Joel and share Delaware. Uh, they, they talk about gear on, on the big shows and there are like storytelling elements in the gear of these wrestlers. So hearing from the person who makes the gear and then giving this little anecdote about Roman Reigns' gear, I thought it was very, very fun. Very, very interesting. He wore the red gauntlets. And I think that just, that, that brought a lot of people around to the idea that, you know, Roman Reigns does whatever he wants and that's good enough. Or that the other four men in the match, like did his dirty work as one would do in a fist, you know, Roman's the thumb yeah. it's protected, but everyone else is, uh, in red, like the rest of his gauntlet. It worked. I mean, again, I like that Sarath, you know, kind of explained what was going on. At the same time, did you buy it? That Roman just it's didn't like the red gear? They didn't like the fabric. That he didn't like the feel. The did, you, did you buy that? I could buy that, yeah. I mean, Roman, Roman's going to go out there and he wants to be comfortable and everything and if he doesn't like the the feel of the fabric of this and this it was his first time like wearing it i could see him just being like yeah look i'm not really feeling this and i do think roman he's a he's a very smart guy i do think he also just thought of like i can get away with saying no to this red where you know if if jay uso doesn't like the fabric no offense to jay but if he doesn't like the fabric and he's like well i'm gonna be the only person wearing black and it's like nah man like you got to wear the red. You got to deal with this shit. All right. You just got to, you got to stick with it and wear the red. Roman can be like, I don't need it. We can still tell the story that of why I don't have it. I'll wear the accent colors. That's good enough. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, it, it's such a weird thing to have to explain. You know, he put it on to see how it felt. At the end of the day, he's a tribal chief. He gets to do what he wants. There's like this good, and, and actually I praise this a lot. There's this good mixing of kind of kayfabe, like he's he's too good for this and he deserves to be too good for this versus like, no, he legitimately did not like the, the texture of the fabric. And you kind of like you roll your eyes a little Roman bit. Roman Reigns for lying, Joel Pearl? Yes. No, I, I yes, I am. You know what, Roman, come on this show and, and, and agree or disagree with me. Go ahead. Give me the scoop. Why not? Roman Reigns is a liar, according to Joel. He had to wear the black pants. Had to <laughs> he wear has them. To. He has to. <laughs> oh, God. Good stuff. Number three. Let's move on. Barry Bloom explains how he negotiated Scott Hall's WCW deal and Sean Waltman first approaching him. I listened to this the other day. This is Barry Bloom on Talk is Jericho. Jericho has had Barry Bloom under his services for... God, I think they said it was about 20, 25 years almost. And uh, he, Barry Bloom is, of course, the uh, manager to the stars, the guy who negotiated tons of big money contracts in WWE. They tell a lot of really interesting stories on this Talk is Jericho interview. Barry Bloom talking about Scott Hall's WCW deal and Sean Waltman approaching him at the time, this little kid. Go ahead. So I, I thought this was a really great interview. You don't you hear about Barry Bloom? And like wrestling circles because he is this big time agent to a lot of the big wrestling stars. But you don't hear from Barry Bloom to, to my knowledge. Like I, I've never listened to anything that I can recall from him. And he has a you know long time relationship with Jericho and everything, so it makes sense that he'd be on on Jericho's podcast. And I found this story kind of interesting because I personally did not know that like Waltman was the one to like approach and sort of almost broker 
this whole thing? Like, am I am I just behind on this, Joel? Like, did did you know that Waltman had first met and was like, "Hey, I want to get out of my deal. I want to jump." And it's like, "Well, you got too many years left." And then he's like, "Well, you know what? Scott Hall wants out of his deal as well." And you know what? What can we do here? Like, Waltman kind of brokered this stuff with, with Barry Bloom and going to WCW, and I didn't know that detail of it. So I kind of knew, and that's only because of the Wade Keller stuff, right? Wade and Sean are very tight. So like little things had come together, but it was never like who said it or how did it get here? So this, this part where he gives a little bit more color about, you know, you have so many years left while I can bring you uh, Scott Hall as well. Stuff like that, that was new to me. And maybe people in the comments are going to say, you know, oh, I've always known about this. I've been watching wrestling since 19 Dickety 2, whatever. This was still a really insightful interview to get some of this uh, some of this content. I mean, there, there was this little little tidbit. There was uh, stuff about like how much Jericho w- was making in WCW. The Jesse Ventura stuff was was really good. I have more coming from from this interview that I've that I've transcribed. Um, just haven't run any of it yet. Uh, but yeah, there there was some really good like information on this and some good like just behind the scenes of negotiating and stuff and just how influential Barry Bloom has been when it comes to wrestling and, and getting guys bigger deals because you you hear jericho talk about of like yeah vince doesn't want to work with agents understandable i don't think really bischoff when where i don't think anybody would want to work with agents because agents know what they're doing whereas wrestlers are just like sure uh you know we've heard uh the scott hall stuff of like guaranteed money uh hall and nash like guaranteed money limited dates barry bloom confirms of like i put that in scott hall's contract of like Anybody not named Hulk Hogan, if they come over or if they get a raise, Scott's getting a raise on top of this. And he says, like, yeah, when Brett comes in, like they had to renegotiate Scott and Kevin's deal to get him more money. And so it was in there. Barry Bloom confirms that it was in there. Like Shawn Michaels comes in. If Austin comes in, if The Undertaker comes in, like if they jump to WCW, whatever you're paying them, you got to pay Scott Hall that same money uh, as these guys. And it's like, Barry Bloom just fucking got the bank for Scott Hall. Bless him. He also, in some ways, you know, helped to create the NWO, which is something that kind of came up within the conversation yeah. with Jericho. And, and the first half of the interview, they spent a lot of time talking about uh, Jesse Ventura and the trials and tribulations of his experience working with Barry. And to, I think, certain degrees, this this whole wrestling agent thing, and Barry specifically, wouldn't be as prominent had he not worked out the deals with jesse ventura and eventually went to court to try and get some of those royalties for uh, for ventura it's a really interesting interview and there's a lot of really good history in this thing yeah i, I encourage everybody to to listen to it because i we've praised jericho before as an interviewer especially when he's got like really close relationships with these guys like barry bloom especially when it's a guy you just don't hear from a lot i, I think those are always you know the the best interviews because you have not heard the same story from these guys a million times, or they want to put a new twist on the story because we've already heard it a million times. And it's like, well, I got to freshen this up. Uh, so yeah, really good stuff with Barry Bloom. And I didn't know the, the, the Sean Waltman stuff, the way you hear it on like the DVDs and everything. It was just like, yeah, Scott and Kevin were just trying to get out of their deals and jump and everything. I didn't know that it was basically Waltman who went there first and wanted out and then that led to, to everything. So to me, this was some, some very new information. 
I swear to God, Scott Hall, and it's not going to be the Scott Hall show. It's not going to be the, the Kevin Nash show, the Hulk Hogan. At the end of the day, it's going to very much turn out that Sean Waltman was the brains behind the entire click. I I kind of already think that, if, if I'm being honest. Um, He's a I've always very had, intelligent guy. Yes. Yeah. I've always had like listening to, to his podcast uh, that he's done like off and on just listening to like any conversation he, he has done. I've always found him to be very intelligent. He's always come off as the most genuine of the members, especially in the, the later days and everything. Like he owns up to a lot of stuff, which, you know, not everybody either, either nobody else remembers or they're still just going to bullshit it all, which is fantastic in its own right. But, but Waltman certainly like just like owns up to a lot of stuff and seems like he has like genuine remorse for a lot of it as well. Um, and it seems like th- there's the, the one story that uh, FTR tell of when they took the finisher buffet from dx and everybody at the raw whatever anniversary i think 25 um yeah so they they took the finisher buffet on that and they were upset that like nobody like said anything like you know you're supposed to thank thank the guy for doing doing business and everything and this this got the heat with like Shawn michaels and everything but they were like like waltman was like very appreciative and said thank you and everything and so i've always just found him to be a, a really really nice guy in interviews so it would not shock me at all if he's like yeah i was behind dx i was behind nwo i was doing everything i could for the click and if it wasn't for me all these guys would be would have been in much more trouble and would have had their careers ended uh 10 years before they actually did there's a story from the ww24 about that raw 25 where uh, X-Pac, remember he had that dog that he would carry around yes. in a harness yeah. and uh, it, it had a lot of ailments. Uh, he had, I think he had had the dog for maybe a year or two, but like no one had ever seen him out with the dog at a wrestling event. So he gets out of the car and the Undertaker is walking up and it's on the WWE 24 on this, this Raw 25 uh, show. And Undertaker's just like, oh, who's this? And he explains, you know, it's my dog. And I just got him. And Undertaker's like, today? <laughs> and Xbox just like, uh, no, no, it's just, I've had him for a while or I've had her for a while. Anyway, it's a fun little tidbit. Uh, go back and watch that. But uh, yeah, I, I think Xbox uh, has a lot more fingers in the pies than people really recognize. But uh, let's move on because we're talking about Barry Bloom on Talk is Jericho. We got to talk about Chris Jericho, number two. Chris Jericho has heat with Lori Beth Denberg, but would put it aside for business. Chris Jericho was on RJ City's Hey EW show. RJ City, who once spent 15 minutes talking at me at a show. He did the same with Jericho, but this time Jericho actually had what to say back to him. Uh, this is, listen, this was an all-timer episode of Hey EW. Uh, I don't have much to say because RJ City might just stare at me and talk for a while. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I don't watch this show nearly as much as I should because I think RJ City is great and it is such just dumb wrestling comedy, which I'm all about, that even if there aren't like, you know, stories in this, you can pull some dumb shit like this out of it and just turn it into something. And that's very much up my alley. And I I'm using this platform right now to apologize to RJ City for not covering Hey EW more because I should watch this weekly and I should pull a story out of this every single week because it is, it's tremendous banter. It really is. And Chris Jericho, who we praise all the time, but he's got stories to tell and everything, right? 
with RJ City, like he's just going off on tangents about stuff or stuff that like nobody's really asking about because you know they're trying to ask the usual questions to to Chris Jericho. Like he's he bitches, you know, figure it out and Lori Beth Denberg, which was which was a great bit. Um, he's talking about downfall, the show Jericho hosted. He's like, Do you think it failed because it was called downfall? Like it's it's fun. He he banters so well with people and you know there's some people he's i think he's told the story of like maybe it was like jim ross he's like yeah i don't think like jim ross like really understood what he was getting into and seemed like actually upset by like the things i was saying but then you get people like chris jericho who you may think jericho is like above this kind of stuff or whatever but jericho is all about just like hanging out with the boys and doing shit with the boys and everything and just having a good time with them to where like yeah, he's just going to fuck around with RJ City for 20 minutes. So this is great. Lori Beth Denberg references, old school 90s Nickelodeon references. I'm all about it. I thought this was hilarious. Jericho saying, like, I got heat with her. You know, I used to date her. I, I, but sure, business got to play. You know, if we could do business together, it's fine. The look on RJ City's face when Jericho's like, I don't even know if she's alive. It was <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh so yeah watch aew uh, rj city's great i apologize to rj city for not covering this every single week and just pulling something out of it because it's fucking hilarious so i'll say this about jericho you're right that he loves to pal around with the boys and this show aew is probably perfect for him because he's also the center of attention like he's the interviewee Whereas when Jericho did talk and shop on his talk as Jericho podcast, he was very much the worst member of the four because he tried to get into every joke and be a part of it as if he knew all the bits. It works when he's the guy at the center of things and the center of attention. Otherwise it just kind of exists. And by the way, yes, JR was not a great guest, but a guy of his vintage who was, was Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the Arn Anderson one. And, and, uh, I just say he talked about that interview before and how he, he loved uh, doing that with Arn Anderson. So it's a it's a fun show. I I watch it uh, probably not as regularly as I as I should. I should just watch it every week, and, but I don't cover it nearly enough. This is probably like maybe the second or third story that I pulled from it, and like I should just find a way to pull something every single week. And this is this is my my news writing. Wow, wow, Jeremy's news writing tips. Cover dumb shit find a way to pull something out of it. Even if it is a, if it's a unique thing like that, I, there's a lot of generic eight minute interviews out there that with, you know, the Bianca Belairs and the Drew McIntyre's and the guy and the Tony Khans who do interviews every single week that just like, don't give you a whole lot to work with. Sure. You don't have to cover that when it's a show like this, where they're doing wacky stuff, they're doing off the wall stuff. And it might only be like eight to 12 minutes, find a way to just pull a story out of it because it's just unique content that other websites typically aren't going to cover or you can set a standard and other websites will start to cover it and then you look like a genius also i'm gonna i'm gonna just add this if you're gonna do it do it respectfully don't make everything this weird someone's got to be attacked or they got to add some editorialized version of your headline we've seen a lot of that lately get that out of here please stop it it doesn't work if you're going to report the 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 funny shit or you want to report whatever, just report it. Don't editorialize it. It's not hard. 
No, and like some stuff you can get away with editorial like you know, Chris Jericho's heat with Lori Beth Denberg. Like oh, you can but, but, he, but he talks about that. That's the thing. Right. Like he openly talks about it. When you add little superlatives or you add little like additions to your headline that have absolutely nothing to do with the article that you're writing, yes, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah that's that's a that's, that's a that's a big problem where people want to try a headline pop, and they, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the actual story like that like so so for example uh i i could there, there's a brian kendrick there's more behind the scenes stuff uh a brian kendrick article that that i wrote this week um it was with icons of sports entertainment interviews um and i don't know how old it was i, I feel like it was at least a couple weeks old but it just came out this week brian kendrick big in the news uh this week because ronda rousey reportedly requested he be the producer for her survivor series match you 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 know about brian kendrick's history you know about ronda rousey's history uh she so the interview asked like hey what advice would you give to like young talent up and coming talents and stuff because i think kendrick runs like a wrestling school or something or is involved in a wrestling school and he's just like you know i would tell them like own your mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes that I did and everything like that. So that's just my headline of like what Brian Kendrick actually said of like, I would tell talent, I'll be, I'll be fair to myself and to Brian Kendrick and pull the actual headline here. Uh, one second as I, as I search, uh, it's a, I'd be happy to help kids learn from my mistakes is what he says. And that's my headline. I'm not going to editorialize that and say, I'd be happy to tell kids don't spout Holocaust theories because that's not what he says in this interview. That has nothing. You can put that in the article. You can reference things like that in the article. Um, and I don't even like going overboard with that. I like, uh, and th- this might be a flaw of mine that a, a certain prominent wrestling investigative journalist called me out on uh, privately. Uh, so now I'm putting it out there. Uh, but <laughs> I like, like, link backs to do sort of heavy lifting of hey brian kendrick was released by wwe he was going to AEW. that got canceled because of past comments he made about theories related to the holocaust here you can read what he said instead of putting in this article of like this is all that he said about this i like link backs to do heavy lifting uh for that kind of stuff but my my overall point to this is yes if you know, a funny fit. Not, it's not even funny. If like a past thing is something, oh, we I can dunk on this person in a headline or or something like that, or I can make a crack in this headline on something, but it has nothing to do with the actual topic at hand. Like, don't don't do it. Like, don't call out Brian Kendrick or Ronda Rousey for. You know, the producing story is a, is an easy one of Ronda Rousey requested Brian Kendrick to be the producer for her match because they both have Sandy Hook theories. It's like, we don't know this. This Who knows? Like, don't also, put it in the headline. And it's clearly not the reason why the two were Ronda asked to work with him. They yes. have trained together. She She was trained by Brian Kendrick. I'm not going to sit here and defend either person and their personal views on anything. But I, just because we're using this example, th- there's very clearly like it's out there. Brian Kendrick d- 
did train Ronda Rousey. Ronda felt like this was a comfortable position to have, to have Brian come in and help her out with the match because she felt like the guy who trained her would be a good addition to the match. Now, regardless of how you felt about that match, it wasn't very good in my opinion. It was not great, but they tried something. And I think that's, uh, that's really as far as it should go in terms of the, the discussion or at least the reporting. They worked together professionally. She was trained by this guy. She requested him. That's the that's the headline. Whatever your yeah. words may be. Yeah. But I I I will say, you know, for me, I have kind of I'm trying to trying to think of the, the correct words here. I don't want to praise myself too much. Um, but I I have sort of got gathered a reputation for headline pops and stuff, right? Like, I I think that's, that's fair to say is I, I have done a good job when it comes to fightful and getting a lot of traction with fightful of just different kind of headlines that are a little more than just like your generic stuff that I think most people are, are used to reading from from websites uh you know sean has credited me of like our fightful social media kyler does most of the work and the reason we have like 110,000 followers on that thing is because uh kyler but sean has also credited me of like and jeremy's headlines because people will see it and like oh okay well this seems fun so like i have i feel i've done a good job with that um not everyone can do it (laughs) is is what i'm trying to say and you know just be smart about it because actually everyone can do it but people want to try a little too hard to do it and there's a right way and a wrong way to do it and yes don't twist the story and editorialize in a headline like that inside the story again if it has nothing to do with anything don't do it there either but with fun stories like this, to try to bring it back to, to more humor. I know what our last topic is, so that's plenty humorous. Um, yeah, we'll lead into for that. Fun, yes. So so for, for like fun stories like this with Chris Jericho, Lori Deathberg, like you can have a little bit of fun in the article and crack your own little one-liner jokes and everything. I you know I I did the uh, I think we talked a little bit about, about it last week. The Black, Black Label Pro releasing uh, a referee because they talked bad about Taylor Swift. Like every line in that article, I just had like a Taylor Swift reference to it. And was I editorialized completely of like, this referee sucks. He should be released. I stand with Black Label Pro on this because when it is just fun stories like that, you can do that. You gotta under, you just gotta understand the actual story. And I don't think, I think sometimes people don't do that. And I think that's why a lot of people like want to look down on wrestling news sites and wrestling journalism because they want to try to turn everything into a joke or they don't want to just full on report what's actually out there. And they, I don't know. I know people look down on a lot of wrestling sites just for whatever reason is like, this isn't journalism type of thing or misquoting and things like that. Just understand your story. Straight up. That's all it is. That's the best I can say. Let's move on. Let's do number one. Dax Harwood says all Brian Danielson does is talk about penis sizes in the locker room. Dax Harwood was at WrestleCade and he spoke to some guy who works at Fightful. There's an interview up on youtube.com slash Fightful. Go check it out. 
Uh, yeah, Dax had plenty to say, not just about uh, his contracts and about his time in WWE and AEW, but he also has plenty to say about Brian Danielson and penis sizes. <laughs> and then they had a really good match on Dynamite this past Wednesday, so I guess that's worth mentioning. Jeremy, talk to me. Dax Harwood, uh, you did the transcription from this interview. So, so Sean specifically was like, yeah, you know, he interviewed Dax at WrestleCade, which I, I I'd heard about, and then he specifically was like, "You gotta write this article," and about Dax and Dan- it, he knows I'm a big Danielson fan. Everything we we've talked about my Danielson headlines. Just, just beyond that, like as a professional wrestler, huge Brian Danielson. Imagine thinking that guy ain't the fucking goat. Um, so he was like, "You gotta write this." Yeah, he was gonna wrestle him on Wednesday, and. He talks about the match a little bit, like being excited, being like this uh, could have gone very generic headline of like Dax Harwood excited to wrestle Brian Danielson, explains how the match came together, some shit like that. I don't know. But then Sean did ask about like, have you seen this guy's headlines and his wild stuff? And Dax, I got a little bit of heat with Dax because he's like, I haven't really seen this. I'm like, what do you mean, Dax? I see you're online. <laughs> you're plugged in. Don't tell me you've not seen these headlines, Dax Harwood. I know who you talk to. I see how much you tweet. You've seen these headlines, Dax. Uh, so Sean does coax it out of him. And he's like, there's this one about flaccid penises. And Dax is like, he's always in the locker room talking about penis sizes. I was like, well, that's the headline. And then Sean's like, yeah, that's got to be the headline. Like, but make sure you talk about like you write about like the Danielson match and everything. I was like, okay, sure, I'll throw that in there. Who gives a shit about the match? Let's talk about penis sizes. Um, always fun when when I can put over uh, the, the exclusives that we get on Fightful because we got a lot of we got a lot of hardworking people who do a lot of interviews, and Sean's got a bunch coming from WrestleK that'll see the light of day in like nine months from now i'm sure um so and that's that's always fun and yeah anytime sean i gotta be i'll, I'll be nice to him uh right now be, because typically i'm not i was a little bit on the on the spotlight because he's going through covid and everything you know typically it's fuck sean Rossap. but i will say this about sean he does a very good job in in doing well by our website and but a large part by virtue me since i write so many of the articles of bringing this stuff up with with wrestlers and everything uh sometimes he will name drop me other times he'll just say like the website so like bringing this up with dax uh all the danielson headlines and stuff um bringing up the 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 very famous one is the johnny gargano one where I got heat with Johnny Gargano over he would be pregnant for if Candice LeRae could still wrestle. When Sean interviewed Johnny Gargano, he mentioned that of like, hey, like, what's up? And Gargano apologized on air and just talked about it. And Gargano and I exchanged pleasantries after that and everything. Sean is very good about like either putting over kind of the work that I do for the website or I guess calling me out for the work that I do with these wrestlers and making amends with, with some of this stuff. So I appreciate that, that Sean does this. I appreciate that he asked um, Dax about this. Well, it, it was easy ask because he was about to wrestle Brian Danielson. And so it, it was an easy little tie in. I imagine if 
anybody, I say this all the time. I'm going to continue to say it. If you are a wrestling media pal of mine and you get to interview Brian Danielson, just please ask him, do you see it? Are you in on it? Do, do you understand? Because I need to know. This is, this is like my life goal of just knowing if Brian Danielson knows by proxy that I exist by writing these headlines. That's all I want to know. That's it. Do you think Brian Danielson owns a phone that's not a flip phone? I do. I kind of do. Yeah? You think because yeah. Bree wants him to do that? Yeah, I would imagine it's largely because like he needs he's he's got kids. I, his kids are younger, but he's got kids traveling a lot and everything. I I think Danielson. I was gonna say that maybe he reads on his phone, but I think he's 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 definitely he's a hundred percent like physical book guy. So I don't think he actually reads on his phone i think he might have like an app of like brain games and stuff That's oh like yeah puzzle yeah. games and stuff so yeah I, he needs more of an advanced phone than a flip phone for that i think he still subscribes to newsletters with paper copies uh that are available i think he pays the two dollars for a paper but at the same time he's very uh he's very conscious about the earth and he wants to recycle. So maybe he doesn't want to waste the paper and the ink. So maybe he does live on an electronic device. How does one live sustainably in a world like this? How do you do it? I'm not asking you. I'm just more rhetorically putting it out there. It's a very, it's a question of conscience. I, I'd love to hear it. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. How do you do it? How do you live in this world? Why haven't you started the Blackpool Compost Club? You're big on this. You're big on this Blackpool Compost Club. I've seen two. I think he is too. <laughs> I mean, I believe I believe it as well. There's a great tweet. Um, I I need to put I need to put this person over because I don't I don't like uh, taking taking tweets without giving credit. Uh, Primetime Archbishop Adam is is the the tweet, and it's just. I just know Dax was heated when he was trying to talk some 1981 Brett match and Brian came in the room talking about dicks. <laughs> it's a great tweet. Uh, Adam Yeary in TWF is, is the handle. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've seen this guy. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. I want to see, uh, you think maybe Dax is like sitting in the locker room, just like talking about Brett matches and favorites and all that stuff, arguing about Brett versus Sean with God knows who in the locker room. It's like this big open discussion. There's like 20 guys just talking about it. And then in comes Brian Danielson. And the first thing he says is who had the bigger hog. No, I don't think I don't think this is it at all. I think Dax and Danielson, I think Dax wanted to argue about Brett and Sean. I don't know if Danielson's a Brett guy or a Sean guy. I feel like he, he trained with Sean under Sean a little bit. It's he, he strikes me more as a Sean guy, just given yeah. their history and stuff. But I could also just see him appreciating Brett's work uh, uh, more than Sean's because they they wrestle in a in a similar style and everything. So I think Dax wants to argue about like technical ability and performance ability. And Danielson's like, I don't give a shit about that. Whose dick is bigger? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, but I'm saying is it's not even that Brian is like that. It's not Dax and Brian discussing it. It's like Brian saunters into the locker room while Dax is having a full on conversation with everybody else. And Brian just perks his ears up and says, 
well, I don't know who's got the bigger hog. And that's it. And that's pandemonium. That, that's how we shut down the entire conversation. Brian just takes control. Maybe. Maybe. I, I could see it. I could see it. Plus, Brian, I could see everyone here leaving a thumbs up here on this video and a comment while you're here and subscribing to Fightful Overbooked. Jeremy, what you got going on? Let's get out of here. I don't know. Watch, um, watch, watch Strong Style. That's what I wanted to say. Watch that with Cher Delaware. And for some reason, Joel was there as well. I don't Someone's really know your purpose on that show. I guess so. Uh, watch Strong Style. Watch FMC. Watch Tag Talk. Watch Tim and Joel call it in the ring. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a thumbs up. Watch this show if you're not already watching. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen at Fight Talk underscore. Don't follow me, please. Follow Steven Jensen at Fight Talk underscore. He's good stuff. He's a good follow. He's got plenty to say. Uh, you don't have to follow me at Joel Pearl Joey off the ARL, but you can if you want. Instead, just subscribe to the channel. There's stuff here every day. We drop that all. We drop all the content every single day. Interviews, conversations, whatever you want. We got it. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.